Yes, um, I've got a new series which I want to begin today and I'm going to just bring it over the next three weeks and it's taken from Joshua, uh, Joshua 24, one of uh, my favourite verses of scripture is in Joshua 24 and to get the context really you need to read Joshua 23 and Joshua 24. A bit of the background is this, Joshua was the successor to Moses. Moses had died, Moses had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt where they were slaves. Um, as we know, they wandered in the, the wilderness, in the desert for 40 years and then he died. He never went into the promised land that God had promised them. Joshua was the one who led the people then into the promised land. They fought many battles, God brought them through many battles and they settled in that land. And now Joshua was very old. He was very old and he knew he was about to die. He didn't have much time left on the earth. And he was given his final instructions to the people because he knew what the people were like and he knew that they had a tendency to, to stray and to become complacent. So he was warning them and encouraging them to stay close to Almighty God and to focus on Him. And He was reminding them, and you read through um, Joshua 23, reminding them of all the things that God had done for them. And so I've entitled the message, the sermon series, if you like, Choose Whom You Serve. Choose Whom You Serve. So I'm going to read a couple of verses from Joshua 24, bearing in mind the background of him being very old and given these final instructions and realizing how uh, finicky the people were and how they had this tendency to wander away and wander away from God and, and bow down to other gods. And this is what he said, Joshua 24, verse 14 and 15. He said, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you now live? And then he said this great comment, this line which I love. He said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And so my message is this, over the next couple of weeks, whom do you serve? Choose who you serve. Three parts. First part I'm going to do today, uh, the three parts are the reminder, the choice, and the declaration. So today I'm going to look at the reminder and we're going to spend just about 15 minutes looking at that right now, the reminder. You see, in his instructions, Joshua reminded the people all of what God had done, all of what they'd come through, everything that God meant to them, everything that God had promised them. He was reminding them and repeating it over and over. And this was a the ancient way of recording history. 
They, they wrote things down later on, but right way back in ancient histor historical times, they would sing songs, and the songs would be um, of the exploits and, and the historical things, and the, and the stories would be put to music so they would remember them. Storytellers would tell the children stories of, of their history and the legacy that had been left them. This was the way of handing down history and stories. And it was a reminder to the people. And this is exactly what Joshua was doing. You know, he knew what his people were like, the people that he was leading. The thing is, we're all like it. This is the, these are the tendencies of the whole of mankind. We easily forget. That's why history is recorded these days. It's recorded so that we remember what history is. It's recorded for posterity's sake. Um, for the next generation, we teach his, history in, in schools and colleges. We hand down things in our family. We hand down heirlooms and, and legacies and our, our customs that we, we get accustomed to. You know, we've just done Christmas, haven't we? And we've all got our Christmas traditions, I suppose. And we all do things and we say, well, why do we do that? Well, I did this as a kid and my parents did it, so I'm handing this over to you and you can hand it over to your kids. We love to pass things on, but we can easily forget. And the thing is, being Welsh and living in this part of the United Kingdom, Wales has a terrific heritage with Christianity. Our Christian roots and our Christian heritage go way back, and it goes very deep. Many godly men and women left these shores and went as missionaries and took the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. We had great preachers that have come out of Wales. All that God has done, the revivals that have come through and in Wales, we've got a, we've got a legacy and a heritage here in Wales, but we can easily forget, can't we? You know, we're a, a nation that was once very close to God, a very spiritual nation here in Wales. Uh, there, that's why you see so many churches, so many chapels up and down the valleys. That's why, that's why even when you're watching certain sporting events, especially the rugby, they are singing old hymns because they are still left behind from the legacy and the heritage that we have as a, as, a, as a Welsh people, our Christian roots are still there. There was a time when virtually every person, every generation in Wales would have gone to chapel at some time. They would have gone attended church at some time. They would have gone to Sunday school or they would have, they would have gone to church on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening or a Sunday afternoon, whatever it was, sometimes in, in the week. I remember when I was a kid, we used to have a Tuesday evening children's service called Sunshine Corner. Oh, I used to love it. I used to look forward to it. But today we've got a whole generation, a generation is 40 years. We've got a whole generation that are totally unchurched. I've never stepped foot inside a church, don't own a Bible perhaps never prayed a prayer, don't even know who Jesus Christ is. Do you see how easy we forget? This is why we need to keep reminding ourselves. 
of who we are in Christ and what Christ has done for us. Just like Joshua reminded the people of who they are and what God had done for them. You know, even today, we have missionaries coming in from other countries into our land to preach the gospel and to spread the word. Whereas once we sent missionaries, those very same lands are now sending missionaries to us. Why? Because we are just the same as those people in the days of Joshua. We have a tendency to stray. We have a tendency to bow down to other gods. We are no different. And our society today, and probably and, and sadly this generation, bows down. And, and probably those in, in my generation as well have, have wandered away and bowed down to other gods. You've got a God of popularism. Popularism says that we compromise. We go with the popular idea. We adapt the ways and the tastes of of, of the majority. We go along with the popular majority, even when it's wrong. The worldly pleasures come in and we bow down to worldly pleasures because it's popular. Popularism. The other God that we bow down to in, in our society today is secularism, where the state and, and religion and faith are totally separate. Now, you go and do your own thing, we'll do our thing. And anyway, sometimes secularism, sometimes governments say, well, you're all the same, all faiths, you're all equal, all religions, all faiths are equal, and just go and do your own thing, leave us alone. Secularism. Then you have atheism, where there's no belief in God whatsoever, no deity whatsoever. They just believe in themselves. You know, these are the gods of today, and they're no different to the gods of yesterday. They might have been called different things, come under different guises. They might have been shaped differently, but they are bowed down to all the same. We need to be reminded, because we are so fickle as people, because we easily forget. The other thing that we do quite easily as well as, as people is that we... We, try, we manipulate history. We manipulate the, the story to fit our belief system, to fit our way of life, our lifestyle. If it doesn't fit our narrative, we manipulate history so that it does. We manipulate the story so that it now fits into our society today or the way we believe or the way we want to live, our lifestyle. And we see a lot of that happening today. A lot of it happening. We manipulate the truth, if you like. This is what Joshua was just trying to get over to the people before he died. His last sort of will and testament, if you like, is remember what God has done. This is the truth. This is who you are. Don't try to manipulate it or change the narrative. Let's keep telling each other this. And that's still the the gospel today, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot get it over enough. You know, on April the 12th, I read this, and it struck me. On April the 12th, in 1945, April the 12th, 1945, General Eisenhower 
walked into the concentration camps in Germany. And he decided to take in his other generals with him. General Patton and General Bradley, they went into the concentration camps around Germany and, and the surrounding areas. Along with the generals, he took military photographers and videographers. And he said this. He ordered them to record everything, take photographs of everything, to video as much as he possibly can. Any American soldier that was not on the front line, he ordered them to come to the camps. Why did he do this? Because he said, one day, the day will come, one day, when people will deny that this ever happened. And if they don't deny it, they will manipulate it to change the narrative, to change the story. So he documented it. He got witnesses in there. He filmed it so that people would never forget and that it would never be able to be manipulated or changed. The truth exists even today. You see, we are very capable of manipulating the truth, of manipulating the narrative, of forgetting what God has done for us, of forgetting who we are in Christ. And we need to be constantly reminded, just like Joshua was reminding the people, we need to be constantly reminded. That's why I never cease from preaching the gospel, and neither should you. The gospel message needs repeating. I never apologize for coming around the, the table of communion. Because we must never, the Bible says, forget. Jesus said, remember this. Remember me. It's a constant reminder to us. Why? Because we forget. We bow down to other gods. We manipulate the story, the narrative, to fit our, our belief system, if you like. If we are moving away, if we don't want to believe, if we don't hold God as our Lord and our Savior. You see, Joshua stood before all the people and he declared to them what the Lord has done. Here he was reminding them in case they forgot. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. That's exactly what preachers do all the time. That's exactly what you should be doing with yourself, with your family, reading the word, um, speaking to others, reminded. The, you know, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to remind us of Christ. I just can't get over it because God knows how easily we forget. But not only was he reminding them, he was warning them. There was a warning going out. You see, some of these people that Joshua was talking to still held on to their the gods of their ancestors. They still worship them alongside Almighty God. They still bowed down to them. They, they didn't lose score. They didn't deny the gods, the false gods of their ancestors. They need to be reminded of who they were, but also warned not to bow down to them. Paul says something similar to us. He talks about the Gentiles. Now, we are the Gentiles. We are Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, uh, if you're not 
um, a Jewish person and, and you follow, uh, or you come from Israel, or you're born to Jewish parents, then you become a Gentile. Then you are a Gentile if you're not of the Jewish race. So we are Gentiles. And this is what Paul said. Ephesians 2 and verse 11. He said, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. We used to be outsiders. He says, don't forget that. He goes on to say that in verse 13. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away. But now, I love the but nows, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Once you were this, but now you are that. Don't forget, Paul is saying. We must never forget who we are in Christ and what Christ has done for us. We must never forget how privileged we are, even though we're not worthy. Jesus Christ makes us worthy. And it's because of him we have been brought near to God because of Jesus Christ. So my question is this. Have you become complacent? Have you become complacent with your faith? Have you become complacent with your walk in Christ? Have you become flippant with the things of God? Are you bowing down to any other God in your life? Have you forgotten what the Lord has done for you? Have you manipulated his word? Have you manipulated the gospel to fit your belief system, to fit your viewpoint? You see, I don't believe in watering down the gospel to fit into a modern day narrative. I believe the word of God. I believe it. I serve him faithfully and truthfully that's what the bible says in spirit and in truth with all sincerity we cannot manipulate these things we cannot forget you see there's a lot of talk in scripture um, about the mind and the heart the mind and the heart you see our body our mind is temporal it's it natural uh, but our soul is eternal and it's spiritual and mankind, we, we want to manipulate and satisfy and focus on the natural. Because that's our, our sinful nature. And almost by default, that's where we go all the time. Until our spirit is alive. When our spirit is alive in us, then our spirit is opposite to what our natural sinful nature wants to do. And there has to be a balance. Well, actually, it doesn't need to balance. Our spirit needs to be slightly more in charge and slightly stronger than our, our natural side so that our spirit dominates our mind. And then we will have a harmony. That's the only harmony we can have in our bodies. So we should be focusing on the eternal. We should be focusing in on the spiritual. Paul described it like this when he wrote his letter to the Galatian church, Galatians 5. I'm going to read verse 16 and 17. He said, So, I say this, Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. That's what he says. 
So we need the spirit to win in that fight. So we need to, we need to feed the spirit. We need to strengthen our spirit. I cannot emphasize enough over the last couple of weeks, over Christmas as well, I cannot emphasize enough lately that Christ wants to give us peace of mind, peace of mind and peace of heart. And once we get that balance or with the spirit more in control, then that's the way forward for us. That's the warning that Joshua was giving. This is the warning now. Make sure your spirit is strong so that our spiritual side is nourished and that then in turn satisfies our minds and this is the recipe for perfect peace in our lives this peace that I I haven't stopped talking about over Christmas it's that peace that passes understanding because we will have yes peace of mind and peace of heart we need to remind ourselves to that we don't want to water that down at all just finishing with these few thoughts. Paul was speaking to a young leader, a young pastor leading a, a church named Timothy. And he said these words to him in the, the second letter he wrote to him, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. He said, Timothy, he said, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. In other words, in season or out of season. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. In other words, don't waver from the truth. Don't change the narrative. Remind people of who they are and what Christ has done. Whether it's favorable, whether it's in season, whether it's in vogue, whether it's popular or not. In other words, don't water down, don't change the narrative, don't manipulate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep reminding people. Keep rebuking people. And I don't, that, that word rebuke doesn't mean you've got to go around scolding people and telling people off. It means to remind them. Remind them about what Jesus Christ has done. How he defeated um, sin for you and for me. Remind yourself. Remind others about the truth. It's not always popular. The truth is not always popular, is it? The gospel can sometimes offend. Peter actually said, Peter said that Jesus Christ can become an offense to some people. He can become a stumbling block, he said to some people. But he is the truth. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18 says this, the message that points to Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those who are hell-bent on destruction. The message version says that. When you preach the gospel to some people, when you tell them about Jesus Christ, when you remind some people of, of what Christ has done, it seems foolishness, it seems silly. Because sometimes that message is offensive to some. Because it, it, it does that little bit of a rebuke, doesn't it? It goes, whoa, hang on a minute. You need to think about where you're going, what you're doing, what Christ has done for you. Who are you bowing down to? Who are you choosing to follow? Because the narrative of the truth turns conventional wisdom on its head and it exposes false wisdom. You see, we have a great spiritual truth that we cling on to. 
Let's not stray from it. Let's not manipulate it. Let's keep reminding ourselves and others of who we belong to and who we have in our lives and where we're going and what he's done for us. So that's the first part of this. Next week, we're going to look at the choice. Then we're going to look at the declaration. But today, let's remind ourselves. Let's remind ourselves. And let's not manipulate the truth of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for who you are and what you've done. Lord, we will never forget what you've done for us. You've brought us into this close relationship with Almighty God because of your shed blood, your sacrifice for our sins. Lord, help us not to bow down to other gods. Lord, help us not to manipulate in any way the truth just to fit a modern-day narrative, a modern-day lifestyle, but to cling to the truth, to stand for the truth. Lord, I pray that you will help us to stand. You will help us, as we have already said, to be strong and courageous and to be bold, whether it's popular or not. Lord, I pray as we go into this week that, Lord, we will be able to share the truth of Jesus Christ and live the truth of Jesus Christ every day. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. If I don't see you in the week in different services or meetings that we're on, then I'll see you again here next Sunday. God bless you.